Amen, amen, indeed. Thank you, worship team, for allowing us to declare those things together. And yes, our big kids, grade four, five, six, can head back uh, to their program this morning. Pastor Rebecca has an amazing uh, experience in store for them to allow them to engage in discipleship, learning about Jesus. What a wonderful gift it is to watch children be able to do that. Um, but yes, this morning, we're going to wish everyone a happy new year once again. Feels like the last few weeks have been a little bit of a whirlwind, I imagine, for most of us. And we have all this build-up and anticipation coming into the Christmas season. We have our dessert night and company Christmas parties and different uh, gatherings with friends and family and decorating and shopping and busyness and all these different exciting things. And then suddenly it's Christmas Eve and we had our wonderful Christmas Eve service here and then even Christmas Day we got to get together and had the wonderful opportunity to worship together on that day and uh, even to have a special time with other church families in town. We had uh, just visitors from all over the, the town together just to recognize and see that we are the church together here in Leduc to share, and that time was very, very special. But then time just keeps rushing on, and then it's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and suddenly all of that feels like a thousand years ago. It goes pretty quick. A week later, I almost feel like I'm kind of Coming out of a holiday season fog, I don't know about you, but you just kind of get your feet back under you and you settle back into some routines and structure and school starts again and work schedules start to pick up again and we get back to normal in a sense. But it was a wonderful season. It was, again, such a gift to be able to worship together on Christmas Day and New Year's Day together and through this whole season, this Advent season, we kind of spent some time looking at these incredible prophetic names and titles that Jesus was going to bear, that He would be called our Wonderful Counselor, our Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and ultimately the Messiah. And all of the things that God revealed to the prophet Isaiah that would help us to see and understand the nature and the power and the ministry of Jesus. All revealed through His presence here with us. It was a powerful journey. It allowed us to explore the depth of who Jesus is, these different things that He is. As we study together this word that God has given us for this year, and we see what the presence of Jesus truly means for us. Our theme throughout this year has been sacred. We've been seeking to understand what it means that God is calling us to be a sacred presence in the world, in the lives of the people around us. What does it mean to be a spiritual presence in our world? What does it look like to bring the presence of Jesus into the lives of someone else. And we've been circling around this word given to us in 1 Peter chapter 2, where God says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who brought you out of darkness into His wonderful light. We are called out, chosen, anointed to be a blessing in the world, to bear witness, to worship, and to show others the way. 
to help them find peace and healing, hope, to help them find Jesus, to be a sacred presence, helping them to see the presence of God all around them, a spiritual presence seeking to help people see that God is here. That's our mission. That's our purpose. That's what God is calling us to to do, to understand, to be. And it's a huge role. It means so many things and it's exciting. What does it mean to bring the very presence of God into the lives of the people around you? What does that look like? How do we understand that? What do we do? And so in the fall, we started, it means a lot of different things and it could even feel overwhelming and impossible. And so we started to try to break it down. We started with the fruit of the Spirit. These things that God is building into us the tools and gifts that He has given us to use to bring His presence and awareness and experience of Him into the world. Love and joy and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what it looks like for us to live this mission. What God is calling us to be, to embrace and be transformed in these things ourselves and then to bring them with us into every corner of the world, being light and salt and all those wonderful things that Jesus describes. So that's where we began trying to understand how to do that, but then in this Advent season, we were reminded that it's not truly about us. It's not our efforts. It's not us trying to be holy, be awesome at people. It's God drawing people to himself. It's his presence alive in us that speaks to the hearts of the people around us. And his presence was revealed on earth in Jesus. And all the things that Jesus was and is and will be, He is the presence of God planted on earth, the incarnation, God with us, the wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And He is working to draw all people to Himself. The fruit of the Spirit are what it looks like for us, and Jesus is the why, the source, the foundation. The reason for all of this, His glory, His purpose, His mission. Now as we move into the new year, God is going to lead us on another step on this journey to understand this mission and this vision that He's laying before us. And we're going to explore the stories of what it has looked like when God's presence is revealed in the world. The power of the presence of God. That we can be challenged and encouraged and inspired that God's power is real. And He is moving. He is working. And that what He is inviting us to see and know and understand is His very nature. And the work He is doing to redeem the world is is everything. It's exciting. And it's what we're inviting to 
for people to see and experience. It's not about us. It's not about our work and our efforts or being really nice so people feel nice and that's just nice. We want people to experience the very power and presence of God. Because the power of the presence of God moves mountains. It transforms nations. It stops storms and levels kingdoms and filters all the way down to touch the heart of one individual person as God reveals his love and his care to them. We're going to look at the stories of the power of the presence of God revealed in scripture that we can be challenged and inspired by the truth that he is equally at work today. That His presence is no less real today. That these amazing things that God has done, He is still doing. And that is what He is inviting us to point to. That is what we bear witness to. How has God revealed Himself in the past? That is the presence He is calling us to bring to others. We need to see how he is at work here now so that we can worship and help others to see too. It's not about us, it's about God, who he is, what he is doing. And this morning as we begin this journey and start to lay the foundation of the things we're going to be exploring moving forward, we're going to begin with a story from the life of Moses. The man who talked with God as one talks to a friend and who saw God do the most mighty and incredible things. He understood this. Moses experienced the power of the presence of God in a way no one else has. And he knew what it meant, the importance it held for others. His experience when he was leading the Israelites. Turn with me this morning to Exodus chapter 33. This is going to serve as our inspiration and focus for this series, a continual reminder that it's all about God's presence, living and working in and through and all around us that makes all the difference. It's not about us being enough, but it's just about us pointing to Jesus and what He is doing. In Exodus chapter 33, we come to an interesting point in the journey of the Israelites. The Israelites have just seen the power of God move against the nation of Egypt. Ten devastating plagues wrought havoc and ultimately cost Pharaoh the life of his own firstborn son. Before he is finally broken and agrees to set God's chosen people free. And then they saw the waters of the Red Sea part before their eyes as they passed through a canyon of seawater cut by the hand of God himself. And they walked through on dry land. They saw one of the mightiest armies in the world wiped away in an instant as God closed the seas. An invincible force washed away, erased from the world in a moment. Why do we fear when we follow a God like that? 
And now he's led them through the desert by a pillar of smoke and fire. His very presence leading them to the mountain on which he was going to speak to them and give them his law. This is the power of the presence of God revealed in the world. This is what people have seen. And so then God calls Moses up onto the mountain. He commands the people to worship and to wait. And they set a boundary around the mountain that no one would get too close. No one could even touch the mountain because of how holy and powerful the presence of God was. Moses went up to receive the law from God himself. This God who had done these incredible things and led them out of slavery. People watch and wait. And a day goes by. And another and another. And days turn into weeks. And a month lightning and thunder and a thick cloud cover the top of the mountain. After 40 days, the people are getting restless and they think, surely Moses must have died up there with this terrible storm that was raging above and it's been so long. He didn't take any food or water with him. He must be dead. How long are we supposed to sit here waiting? This is ridiculous. They start to grumble. And they start to fear. They start to get impatient and selfish. And so they turn to Aaron, Moses' brother, and they ask him to make them a new God. Like the ones they had seen and known in Egypt. Something they could see and touch. And they're in caves. He gives in. Collects their gold and jewelry and he makes an idol for the people to worship at the foot of the mountain that God had led them to. With the presence of God still sitting atop the mountain. The lightning and thunder and smoke and noise still going on. Just weeks removed from this incredible experience in Egypt. All the miracles that they had just seen, they gave up. They quit while it's still happening right in front of them. And they went their own way. Moses comes down the mountain having spoken with God himself. Can you imagine? And maybe we've even had an experience, probably not quite to that level. If you have, I'd love to hear your story. But have you ever come back from an incredible treat or missions trip? TJ23. But have you ever come back from an incredibly powerful, profound spiritual experience or retreat or even an evening, a worship night or, or some kind of uh, outside time where you just feel the presence of God in an incredible way and you just have this amazingly deep spiritual experience and you come back to normal life and the world just somehow feels more broken than it did before. You feel like you fit a little less because of that experience of sitting in the presence of God in that deeper way. We need to be doing that every day. We have that opportunity every day in devotions, in prayer, in worship. We need to sit in God's presence to be able to take that presence with us so that we can see clearly. 
And here Moses had that experience in such an incredible and grand way. And the people were supposed to be worshiping too. God's presence was right there. In that moment too, with him, alongside him. But they didn't and they got lost in their selfishness and their own worries and fears. And he comes down. He sees this wild scene, people behaving like animals, worshiping idols, running wild. If you haven't read this whole story in a while, I'd encourage you to go back a few chapters and read through the experience that Moses had. How do you reconcile this coming out of the presence of God into this brokenness? And he takes these sewn tablets and he smashes them over the idol. And he melts the idol down and he grinds it up into powder and puts it in their water and he makes the people drink it. Taste the bitterness of your sin. And they continue to run wild. The camp is overrun. It's, it's out of control. And Moses questions Aaron, how could you allow this to happen? And he rallies some people to him. If there's anyone faithful, come to me. And the Levites come to him. And they go through the camp, read this story, and they execute over 3,000 people. God is regaining control of his people. It's wild. And God brings a terrible plague against his people. What is happening? It's all completely falling apart just a couple of months later. But God had given them a mission to bring his presence, his law, his nature into the world around him. He had set a path before their father Abraham that they would be his people to reveal him to the whole world and he had led them through these miraculous things and it's just collapsing all around them. But God is faithful to his promises. Even when we are not. So after all this, Exodus chapter 33 verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, in spite of everything, leave this place. You and the people you brought up out of Egypt and go to the land that I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out these nations, the Canaanites and Amorites and Hittites and Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you. Because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. God is still going to keep his promises. He is still going to give them what he told them he would. But he's done. They've betrayed everything. Abandoned everything. But the people repent. When they heard these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on any ornaments for the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do with you. So the people stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. But Moses still knew the power of the presence of God. He had experienced it. He was in it. 
He knew how important it was and the difference it could make. Now Moses used to take a tent and and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went into the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Moses regularly would be going into the presence of God and inviting others to go with him. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their own tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. The people had failed. They had given up. And walked away, but Moses still knew the presence of God, and that presence brought the people back. Back to faith, back to worship, back to the mission that God had laid before them. As Moses spent time with God, it changed him and it changed the people around him. And within that, Moses saw the truth. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, you have found favor with me. If then you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. It didn't matter what they did. It didn't matter where they went. The promised land itself, wealth and comfort and provision and a home, none of it mattered if the presence of God was not with them. How were they different from anyone else if not for the presence of God in their life? It's a powerful story. It's an incredible reminder of how easily we can slip after everything they had seen, everything God had done for them. They abandoned it all for something they could control, something they could see and touch. There were some who still hungered for the presence of God and they pointed them back to what God was calling them to. That's the power of the presence of God. It's miracles and pillars of fire and parting of seas and it's the reflection of God's presence on our faces in relationship. As we see what we were created to be, And experience His love in our hearts. 
And then we share it. We reflect it to the world. We have nothing to offer in ourselves. We can do nice things. The church can do nice things. And we should do nice things. We do. We collected clothes for those in our community who are hurting. We're building safe and secure homes for those who don't have shelter, for families that don't have shelter. We're caring for our neighbors and our community and even our world in so many wonderful ways. And all of that is good. It's important. Jesus wants us to do those things. But Moses saw that those actions don't make them special. Doing good things doesn't change the world. Doing nice things isn't what we need. What we need, what the world needs, is the power of the presence of God made real by His Spirit in and through and all around us. That is what makes the difference. That is what changes the world. That is where we find life. And that is what Moses understood. That's what we're called to bring to others. What will distinguish us from all the other people on the face of the earth. What an amazing question. And the only answer is Jesus. Right after this, Moses says, Now show me your glory. He wanted more. More of God. More of his presence. He hungered for more of the right thing. Of the thing that matters. And incredibly, God grants his request. Places him in a crack in the rock. He couldn't see God's full nature and presence, but he places him in a crack and covers Moses with his hand. And he allows his glory to pass by that Moses could see his back or even where he had just been. When Moses comes down from the mountain, the presence of God had left a physical mark on Moses. His face shined so bright that he had to cover it because it was more than people could bear. This is the power of the presence of God made real in someone's life. The power of God revealed in the world. They are transformed. This is all that Moses wanted now. This is what he hungered for and what he had to share. And it touches others. It brings healing and comfort, love and life. And it brings correction and clarity and direction and guidance. Everything is put in place when we are in the presence of God and it leads us to worship and truth. Moses revealed the presence of God to the people and it brought them back to life. And God has revealed himself to us by his spirit. We are called to the same purpose. John chapter 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We too have seen his glory. 
Just like Moses did. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The question is, how has that made a difference in your life? It changed Moses and it affected the people around him. That's what we want to understand. That's what we want to see. That's what we need to know. And that's what we're going to be exploring over these next few months. The stories of the power of God's presence revealed in the world so that we can better see and know His presence here. That we will hunger to be with Him. That you can set up your own tent of meeting to go into God's presence every day. We can spend time and be transformed and then bring that presence into the lives of others too. We're going to look at stories of miracles, stories of God's teaching, stories of encouragement, and stories of God's correction. His presence works in many different ways. Not all of them are comfortable. We seek to see his powerful presence working in our lives and world today, just like Moses did. Are we ready? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these powerful stories and examples of how you have moved, God, and the ways that you are inviting us to see that you are alive and real, that your presence changes lives. Father God, it starts in our own hearts, and we submit again, Father, we invite your spirit to work and to transform. Bring us truth. Cleanse us, God. Burn out sin that we've been hiding and holding on to, that we can revel in glory in your presence. Enjoy and hunger for who you are, God, that we would have that hunger that Moses did, that even after his time on the top of the mountain, he wanted more. God, we want more. We want your spirit to move, to speak. God, help us to have discipline to build time into our lives, to build that tent of meeting that we can come to you every day. Surround us with people, God. Build those spiritual relationships and friendships that we can walk together and be encouraged together. And as we gather and worship, God, we ask your presence to be real in this place, that we can be encouraged, that we can step into your presence together, and when we leave, we take it with us. Pray that people would see and know that you are real, because of what you are doing in our lives. Father God, we are humbled that you have invited us to be a part of this at all. And we fail just as much as the Israelites did, but God, you are gracious. You are good, and you are waiting for us to return. Bring us back, God. Bring us deeper that we can know in Jesus' name. Amen.